Is nobody going to congratulate me? Is that really going to happen? I expected not for you not to congratulate me, but none of the producers, none of the guys in LA are going to say anything. My new chain. Oh. I mean, I, I, I know they're, they're not acting like they didn't notice it. <laughs> I mean, what a flexor. I mean, look at the, I mean, the, I mean, the, the upgrade from the one that used to be here to this one, it can't be, I would tell them to zoom in, but they don't even need to. Yeah, I was with him when he got that in Chinatown. The, oh, don't you f***ing <laughs> dare. Welcome in to episode nine of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast, the YouTube show. Follow us, subscribe, rate, review, do all those things. Also, by the way, check out just dropped the first installment of our special edition 50 Greatest Players of the Last 50 Years, Episode 1, which talks about the guys who were too old to make the list, the honorable mention guys, and players 50 and 49, Bernard King and Carmelo Anthony. Those are all available right now on the YouTube feed, on wherever you get your podcasts, so check all of that out there. But today is a regular show, and as we always regularly do, we start with what we're not getting into today. So what did not make the show today is Debo Samuels unfollowing the 49ers. I just don't care about these unfollowing Instagram stories. Luca's injury, it, 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 it might show up in the show just a bit. And did Demonze actually learn what a green jacket is? Demonze, right now, you, before we even get to anything, I will give you $1,000 cash right now if you can tell me who won the Masters yesterday. Oh, crap. Oh, that's a loss for you, buddy. Good thing you don't do sports for a living now. So the answer to the question is Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Barnes plays small forward for the Raptors. (laughs) He did not win the Masters this weekend. What are we talking about today? (laughs) Uh, It looks like Woj knew that Vogel was fired before Vogel did. Yep. LeBron gets another coach fired. Uh Uh, Does this fix anything? Okay, first on LeBron gets another coach fired. There have been five coaches that have been fired either while or right after coaching LeBron James. Paul Silas, who was below 500, except for when he got to coach LeBron. Uh, Mike Brown, who was below 500, except for when he got to coach LeBron and LeBron took him to a finals. Uh, David Blatt, who never coached in America before he coached LeBron and won't coach in America since then. LeBron took him to a finals. Luke Walton, who's terrible, was bad before LeBron got there, was bad with the Kings, and now Frank Vogel who won 51% of his games before he got to coach LeBron kinda, and then won a title. It's kind of crazy how Vogel gets fired when LeBron picked his teammates. Okay. I feel like they should fire LeBron. Well, okay, what they should do is fire Rob Blink, the guy who actually picked the players, and the GM. I agree with you there, almost. Listen, does it fix anything? It doesn't fix a lot. But here's why Vogel had to go. You can't have the most disappointing year in the history of your franchise and not fire a bunch of people. That's first of all. Second of all, You look at this year's coach of the year is probably going to be Taylor Jenkins in Memphis. But other candidates are Monty Williams, Jason Kidd, and Ty Lue. What do those three guys all have in common? They are all people the Lakers could have hired to be their head coach. All people LeBron wanted them to hire after they got rid of Luke Walton, and yet they chose Frank Vogel. So those guys are clearly helping teams. Vogel, this Lakers team was a mess. I get all that. But they also had, I think, the second most blown double-digit leads of any team in basketball. 
that's got to be partially on the coaching. But the point that you asked about, I don't even know if you were making it, but it's the more important point, which is the fact that this leaks while he's at the press conference just shows another piece of evidence of how mismanaged and poorly run the Lakers are from top to bottom. That Woj thumbs out this tweet and Vogel has to answer for it before anyone actually talks to him. That's just terrible management top to bottom within the Lakers. All right, what's next? Joel Embiid won the scoring title. Yeah. He's the first center to win it since Shaq. Yeah. Uh, So how big of a deal is this? All right, so I think it actually is a pretty big deal for a number of reasons. One is Embiid, he's not only the first center to win it since Shaq, but Embiid won it in the fewest minutes per game any scoring champ has ever had. So I've got the numbers in front of me, thanks to our guy Dusty. Embiid was 33.8 minutes per game. The, the only player to average 34 minutes per game when the scoring title was Steph Curry uh, to last year. The, the fewest minutes per game any big has ever averaged when the scoring title was Shaq at 37 minutes per game. So you could argue that Embiid had, a, in modern NBA history, was the most successful on a per-minute basis scoring big we've seen in 50 years. So I do think that's meaningful. I also think it's meaningful that Embiid was available for way more than the minimum required games because LeBron was going to win this thing, but you need got to play. I've, 50. I've got a question. Yeah. Should LeBron have gone for the scoring title to salvage one of his worst seasons ever? So that's actually an interesting question. I like that you kind of throw in your little LeBron needle, one of his worst seasons ever. Yeah, he just averaged 38 and six. His terrible LeBron year, year 19. The next most points anyone's ever averaged in year 19 was 15, and LeBron averaged 30. However, this is one of those with the LeBron haters out there, the people that have LeBron James uh, derangement syndrome, where it's a Calvin ball thing, where it's heads you lose, tails I win. No matter what LeBron did, they were going to kill him for it. And if LeBron had played in the final two games, because you have to play 58 games to be eligible to win the scoring title, and then play 56. And if he had played in the final two games and scored 30 in each game, he'd have won the scoring title. Uh, people would have rushed him for that. You know that, and I know that. But what I am curious about is this. Are the people who loudly and angrily argue that LeBron James was sacrificing wins, that LeBron James was putting his team in a bad position, not doing what it took to win because he was so obsessed with the scoring title, are those people going to come on television and apologize for being as dead-ass wrong about anything that anyone's ever been about in sports? when LeBron had a chance to win the scoring title, but because his team was eliminated from playoff contention, he just didn't play. Yes, of course, his ankle was hurt, but if they were in playoff contention, he would have played. And I had to listen for the last two months that LeBron cares more about the scoring title than about playoffs. And yet, once playoffs were out of the question and the scoring title was still there to be had, LeBron sat. Will those people apologize? No, of course they won't. All right, what's next? Okay. Embiid winning the scoring title certainly helps his MVP case. Yep. Who gets your vote and how does all this impact your top 50 list? Okay, so I had, so the top 50 list, the episode we just released, one of the honorable mentions just missed was Nikola Jokic. And I recorded that about a month ago. Jokic is going to win MVP. And if I'm being totally honest, even though I don't think he should have won last year and I don't think he should have won this year, it, Nash shouldn't have won the two he won but he's on the top 50 list. Jokic, when he wins this MVP, 
is going to have a strong case that he has done enough, even though he's only had four great seasons, if two of them are MVP years, done enough that he should crack the top 50, but the list was compiled beforehand. It would be, I'd have to kick Bernard King out of it. I don't love that. Embiid, even if he were to win it, does not crack the top 50. And then there's Giannis, who could win it. I don't think he will. Giannis is already firmly in the top 20, whether he wins it or not. I think for Giannis at this point, it's more about what he does in the postseason, which he already has a finals MVP. So yeah, it would matter. And I wish that I had this information uh, before we started unveiling the list, but such is life. I started this thing two years ago. At some point, you got to unveil it. Now, who would get my vote? I have made the case for the last couple months for Luca. Luca's team ended with 52 wins. Luca's team uh, had the fifth best record in all of the NBA. He has no all-star teammates. But I'm not even so much at, so adamant that Luca has to win it. I just think it's a four-person race. Luca, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis. I think, gun to my head, I would go with Giannis. When it's this close, he's clearly the best defender of the four because Embiid's defense took a bit of a step back this year with his added workload on offense. I think he clearly is on the best team of the four. My vote, my ballot would have gone Giannis, Luka, Embiid, Jokic with Devin Booker being five. All right, what's next? Sure look like the Bucks take their final game to avoid Brooklyn in round one. Yep. Huh. Brooklyn, by the way, might get Ben Simmons back. I don't believe that, but sure. Are you okay with the defending champs tanking for playoff position? So I'm okay with it under these circumstances, and then I'm going to fix the circumstances. The, the circumstances are the NBA doesn't want to do the obvious thing to remove all tanking for playoff position, which we'll get into in a moment. And because they are the defending champs, and because last year, people forget, Two years ago, Giannis wins MVP, the Bucs play Miami, they go down 3-0 to Miami and end up losing in five. Giannis doesn't even play game five because he got hurt in game four. The very next year, last season, the Bucs have the opportunity at the end of the year to avoid Miami in the first round. Instead, they go all out, ensuring they get Miami in the first round, not trying to duck anybody. They end up sweeping Miami. They then end up beating Brooklyn, beat Atlanta, then win four straight after falling 2-0 to Phoenix, win the title. When, when you are already the champs and you went through a grueling 100-game championship run the previous year, if you want to make your road as easy as possible, and as much as it was about potentially avoiding Brooklyn, it's also about getting Chicago. Chicago, that the last 50 games, has been a sub-500 team. Chicago, which is as drawing dead as any six seed has ever been drawing coming into a postseason. I'm okay with the Bucs because they've proven they're not scared of anybody trying to make it so their road back to the finals is as quick and easy, as easy as possible. I'm also okay with it because the NBA could fix it like this, but they refuse to. Once again, NBA, I beg of you, especially with the play-in now making it extra weird about a team being the seven or the eight seed, that's way better than a seven or an eight seed typically would be, allowing a team that gets hot or a team like the Clippers, if they get Kawhi back, the Clippers are six and one since they get Paul George, all of that. Let teams draft their playoff opponent. Phoenix has been the best team in the league by a mile all year. It is absolutely possible the Clippers lose 
their first play-in game and then crush either the Spurs or the Pelicans in the second play-in game. And a Clippers team that has been red hot since they got Paul George is your round one opponent. And then Memphis, which was not as good as as the Phoenix this year, gets the far easier round one opponent in Minnesota. Like, that absolutely could happen. Let the Suns pick their playoff opponent. What if Another example. What if Kawhi, they announce Kawhi's coming back? Then you, you think it's a reward to play the Clippers? Of course not. And in the East, the, the final day of the regular season was supposed to be awesome. All 30 teams played. They staggered the games so the games that matter would be happening simultaneously. But teams weren't trying to win. They were instead trying to lose, except for in certain circumstances. It was a terrible day. There was almost no interesting basketball. And so if you if you were incentivized as far as you are going to get to pick whatever your favorite matchup is. So in the East, the Heat, they get to pick whoever they want to play. And then the two seed, Milwaukee, would have been incentivized to play for it. They then get to pick. Like, just let the one, two, and three seed draft their playoff opponents of the five through eight seeds and do it that way. That that makes the regular season more important because teams clearly don't care so much about home court advantage. They care more about who they're going to play. It's an easy fix. I don't know why they wouldn't do it. I know we technically don't have bonus time, but I want to get to bonus time anyway because you have another question for me. Yeah, we now know some of the playoff matchups. Yeah. You said a few weeks ago you had the Bucks first, the Mavs in the finals. Yeah. Uh, did the way the bracket did the way that the brackets fell change your opinion? All right. Nothing changed my opinion at the East. I think the Bucks win every series in five or less. I think they will sweep the Bulls. Then in round two, I think they will beat Boston in five. And in round three, they're going to beat either Miami or Philly in five. I think the Bucs are going to cruise. Out West, I still am riding with the Mavs. But I wanted the Mavs to get the three seed to avoid Phoenix in round two. They got the four seed. And I, I reserve the right to totally abandon that pick if Luka is going to miss serious time. Because the one thing that did happen on Sunday night was Luka tweaked his calf as of recording, we don't have news on this, and I don't think we're really going to have news on it for days anyway. But if Luke is out any amount of time, they are drawing dead to win any game without him. They don't have another top 70, top 60 player on the roster. So if Luca, the calf strains are scary. If Luca has to miss two weeks, they're dead. But if not, I think that they will beat, annihilate Utah in round one, play an epic uh, series with Phoenix in round two where Luke is the best player and end up going to the NBA Finals. So I'm still going Bucks over Mavs as my finals pick. We'll be right back. I actually knew that the person that won the Masters name was Scotty. I thought it was risky that someone might feed you the answer. Wait, so like if I said Scotty, I feel like that should count. Beam me up, Scotty. Maybe that has something to do with Nicki Minaj's album cover. Beam me up, Scotty, is from Star Trek. Oh, okay. I mean, I just figured, you know, beam me up, Scotty, like Scotty's hitting the ball. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Nicki Minaj named her album anything to do with the number one golfer in the world, Scotty Scheffler. I could be wrong. Maybe she's a big golf fan. I, it, it honestly makes, it's definitely from Star Trek now that I go and I look at the, uh, the of album cover. It's definitely from Star Trek. It's like futuristic, but yeah. it kind of, it makes sense. Okay. Okay. 
All right, if you're ready, let's just get going. Uh, before we get to this or that, welcome back in, by the way, What's Right with Nick Wright Podcast. Uh, what are we starting this segment with, my friend? Starting with some Tom Brady. Okay. He was reportedly almost a minority owner of the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, he would have unretired to play for them. Yeah. But the Brian Flores lawsuit blew it up. Yep. So now, what do you make of the entire Brady retirement saga? All right. I, now, thankfully, it makes some sense. I, I am a guy that gets very frustrated when things don't make sense. And Brady's sham retirement never made a lick of sense. It's why I said, okay, he was just fake retiring to get to San Francisco. And I was mostly right. I just had the coast wrong. It wasn't San Francisco. It was Miami. He was fake retiring so he could get to the Dolphins. And then when the Flores lawsuit happens and the Dolphins thing becomes untenable, then he says, okay, I will come back to Tampa, but only under certain conditions. And it would appear one of those conditions was Bruce Arians being out as the head coach. By the way, Bruce Arians did an interview this past, I think it was Friday, and he was talking about guys getting credit. He was like, listen, when it comes to the offense, I get too much credit. Tom gets way too much credit. Byron Leftwich deserves the credit. So he's kind of giving Byron Leftwich credit, but he's also kind of taking a shot at Tom. That relationship seemed to not be great. But now we get it. This entire retirement was Always inauthentic. It was, and by the way, I just, I understand that at times people think, ah, Nick, you you bring things back to LeBron too often. Okay, that's probably a fair criticism. But is it it fair to say that if there's any athlete, current active athlete in the world, that should be judged by the same harsh, goat-esque standard as LeBron, it's Tom Brady. Is that fair? Okay, I'm just curious, guys. How do you think it would be covered if in two days LeBron James announces his retirement? If the day after he starts kind of hemming and hawing, but saying, no, I want to spend time with Bryce and Bronny and Savannah and my, and my family. And in six weeks, he unretires. And the next day, the Lakers fire Palenka. And they're like, no, it had nothing to do with it. Just total coincidence. <laughs> and then it came out that it was because he was trying to buy the Cavs and go play for them, but it fell apart so it wasn't allowed to. You think it might be a subject of major ridicule and scorn for LeBron? LeBron got more criticism for sending out an April Fool's tweet that he was done for the year (laughs) than Brady has gotten for a sham retirement followed by coach-fired power play, followed by, reportedly, he was trying to get to Miami a different team. And I'm just curious how all of this lands with the Bucs. The Bucs were like, oh yeah, we're all in it. We're in Tommy's back. When they find out his whole plan was to go buy another team so he could play for them. Like, it just feels like this should be a big story. Okay. All right. Speaking of the Flores lawsuit, we're staying there. Yeah. Speaking of the Flores lawsuit, Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton joined the lawsuit against the NFL. Yeah. Uh, they say the NFL set up sham interviews with minority candidates. Mm-hmm. The lawsuit was enough to blow up the Brady to Miami. Yeah. Uh, doesn't all this prove the lawsuit is legit? <laughs> prove the lawsuit is legit? Yeah, no, leave apologies. that in. We're going to keep going. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't absolutely. Do that no, me. we're good. Leave that in. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I already believe the lawsuit because I think Brian Flores is a man of massive integrity and his story, unlike Brady's retirement, the story always made sense. Like, it's like, yep, did I think Dolphins were tanking? Yep. Do I think that teams regularly interview minority candidates when they have no intent of hiring them? Absolutely. And by the way, the other piece of news that came out 
was actually a news from a couple of years ago. Mike Malarkey, a couple of years ago, was on a podcast and was asked about the open-ended question about the biggest regret of his coaching career. And he said, well, in 2016, I took part of a sham interview process. I knew I had the Titans job, and but they hadn't complied with the Rooney rule. So they interviewed minority candidates that I knew weren't getting the job. That podcast was at two years ago. Nobody noticed it until right now. Now that's part of the Flores lawsuit. I just think it is such a stinging indictment of some people that run NFL teams that they are so certain there is no possible chance that there might be a black or minority person qualified to run their team, that even when they know they have to spend the time, money, and energy required to do an interview, they won't even do it in good faith. It's like, we have to, we have to do this. But I, I know there's no chance that the end result is, I actually think this person should be able to run my team. So I would rather break the rules, waste their time, insult my own and their own dignity, rather than just go into it with like, hey, maybe this black guy is qualified for the job. It's so embarrassing for all parties involved. But yes, of course, Flores' lawsuit has massive le uh, legitimacy. And I applaud Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton for putting their names to it, even though it probably drastically hurts their future NFL jo job prospects. Okay, let's try to have some fun before the end of the segment. Let's play a game. This game is called This or That. Demonze, what's the first one? Pick a breakout star of the playoffs. Yeah. Ja or Tatum? So this one's tough because I think Ja is better than Tatum. But I think Ja is already broken out. I think Ja is already considered, other than Luka, the best young player in basketball. Tatum has a real opportunity if the Nets win Tuesday night. If the Nets win Tuesday night, they're the seventh. They are the, and by the way, if the Nets don't win Tuesday night, sidebar for our answer this, Thursday night, you and I are going to Barclays. Because if they don't win Tuesday, assuming the Hawks, if the Nets lose Tuesday and the Hawks win Thursday, then it's Nets, Hawks, winner goes, is the eight seed, loser goes home, and Trey Young has a chance to become an all-time New York City sports villain. He yeah. sent the Knicks home last year, and they had the F Trey Young chance. If he sends the Nets home this year, that would be an unbelievable sporting event to be at. So we'll go to that game if that happens. But let's assume the Nets win on Tuesday. Then they're the seventh seed. They're playing the Celtics. I, my answer is Tatum because Tatum has a chance to win a series against Apex Kevin Durant. That's a hell of a thing, man. Giannis did it. Like, who are, who's the, are the last people to beat Apex Kevin Durant, a healthy Kevin Durant, no matter the teammates in a playoff series. Giannis did it, right? right. He never lost a series when he was with Golden State healthy. So the, the, Steph did it in 2016, and LeBron did it, obviously, in 2012, and I think Duncan did it. Like, those, are, I think, is the list of guys over the last decade that have beaten a healthy Kevin Durant in a playoff series. So my answer is Tatum. And I think the Celtics would do it. Celtics are better coach, more depth, better defense. I think Celtics would win that series. All right, what's next? Exciting. Uh, Tiger committed to the British Open. Yeah. You're over it or will pretend he can win. Yeah. By the way, yeah. what color jacket do you win for winning the British Open? 
you don't win a jacket no. for winning the British Open. Okay. You win a green, you win the claret jug. The so claret jug. Is that like a, a hydroplast? Like a like a I don't know what a hydroplast is, buddy, but it's a gorgeous silver jug with inscripted the names of the winners are inscripted on it. You don't it's a like you a, you thought they won a different color jacket for each major. I mean, I thought it might have been like a like a blue one or something. Like no, it's not a blue one. The green jacket is associated with the masters. But you're telling I mean, it's not. What? But you win a jug. Like that's it's like, a trophy. Oh, okay. It, let, let me show you it's a hydro flask. Claret, I'm going to show you what the claret jug looks like. So you claret can. Claret jug. Okay, hold on. You tell me that this is, right here isn't a gorgeous trophy. Let's see. Let it. me show you this thing. Let me see if I can zoom in on this sucker. Look at that. that wow. Yeah, it's nice, right? It looks ancient. It, it, it's the oldest golf tournament in the world. They're playing at St. Andrews. Old Tom Morris. Do you know the two greatest golfers ever at one point were old Tom Morris and young Tom Morris, father and son? That's a true story. They've been playing St. Andrews for 160 years. That's why Tiger's playing in it. If that is, The answer is, it's not pretending he can win. He can win. Did Tiger have a rough weekend? He did. Did Tiger, you know, shoot closer to 80 on both Saturday and Sunday? He did. But he made the weekend, didn't he? Did he do something Bryson DeChambeau didn't do? Yeah, sure did. Did, was he ever going to catch Scotty Scheffler? Was just a man on a mission this week? No. So it's no pretending. I'm not pretending he can win. He can win. He's won at St. Andrews before. Maybe the most historically important golf course in the world. And I can't believe you thought for winning major championships, it was always just a different color jacket. I mean, that, that's all the trophies in golf were jackets. All right, what's next? Hey, man. Hey, CJ McCollum tweeted he wouldn't be playing much Sunday. Yeah. And fans shouldn't bet on him. Yeah. CJ is heroic or going to be in trouble. Oh, I don't think he's going to be in trouble. He shouldn't be in trouble. You can't embrace gambling sports leagues. And then CJ McCollum's a hero there. Let me show you something, DeMondo. You know I'm in that, that uh, well, how do I put it? Don't say the name of this chat. Okay. okay? But I'm in a, let's call it a consortium of like-minded individuals. Consortium. And we gamble together. Okay. And we we gamble just during one of these breaks. I had to pay off one of my master's bets. The that's how I was going to win the 40k that for Tiger to win. I had to pay right. off that bet, but I also got to collect my uh, winning bet about Tiger making the cut. Uh, read read what I texted the group at. Let me see, at uh, 2:44 yesterday. Just read the top of that. This one right there. What does it say? If any of y'all have FanDuel. Don't know. You might be able or to. Draftings. Oh, or DraftKings. Fan door or DraftKings. That's what DraftKings. You, you might be able to hammer all the CJ unders for another 90 seconds or so. Yeah. I saw the CJ tweet right when he tweeted it. And I was like, hey, I'm not in a position right now where I can bet it. All my money's tied up in other things. What a guy. Uh, but I told him. So, yeah, CJ McCollum. Great job, buddy. So, yeah, no, it's heroic. And anybody, by the way, I have no sympathy for gambling proprietors that are slow on the draw. I once upon a time in college, I'm going to tell a quick story. And we're going to go a little over time. We're already at zero. Sorry. We'll get to the last thing. I'm going to tell a quick story. This is not, I don't know, statute of limitations. I feel like it's passed. It's been almost 20 years. I'm not going to look great in this story. I'm sorry okay. right now. But I had a bookie in college who I realized, I one time texted him trying to bet the second half of a college basketball game. And he texts me back like 20 minutes later. And he was like, uh, just saw this. You still want the bet. But the, it, I, he wasn't like even like paying attention. I was like, how could you t let me make a bet on a second half bet 
when the second half is now halfway over and you're giving me the option. Then I realized this bookie had a bad drinking problem. And almost every night he was out drinking. So I would bet second half college basketball games five minutes, five minutes in, in, into the half. I, I would get a good line on it, get an angle, and, I, and it paid for a lot of my junior year of college. He then shortly after stopped being a bookie, probably because he was a bad bookie. But the point is, it, it, you have a bookies out there and, and betting proprietors. I had access to the CJ McCollum tweet. So did you. That's not inside info. You got to be right. quick on the trigger there. All right, what's next? Uh, the USFL is using chips in football to measure first downs yeah. instead of chains. Yeah. The NFL should use it or stay in the past. I think they should use it. And I'm, I think it's an obviously good idea because there are some, it's less about the chain measurement and more to me about sometimes you're watching a game and you just notice, you're like, okay, well, the referee screwed that up immediately. Like he, he spotted that a yard short of the first down. I think it matters. My real question is I want to watch how this is done because it's less about, it's very easy to figure out exactly where the football is. But you have to figure out exactly where the football is when the player is down. So how are they going to sync up the technology of, okay, the football right at this moment was right here. I want to see how they do it. If they can do it seamlessly, and I'm sure they've thought about this, then it's an obvious uh, improvement and the NFL should go to it. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in. Final segment of today's show. Quick, few quick reminders. One is please like, rate, subscribe, review on all your podcast platforms and on YouTube. And check out our series that just started uh, earlier this week, the 50 greatest players of the last 50 years in the NBA. That's going to be a weekly special edition series. We just released episode one of that, which has players 50 and 49. Spoiler alert, it's Bernard King and Carmelo Anthony. But we also discuss the rules of the list, the honorable mentions to the list. I throw in some Reggie Miller slander because he wasn't even an honorable mention of the honorable mentions. So all of that on the exact same feeds that you're seeing or listening to this on. But as we always do, final segment, they don't tell me what we're talking about. Demonze and the producers do it together. Demonze, what are we doing? You came to me last night randomly, semi-drunk, I think. And Jimmy drunk? Yeah, you were the words. You tend to like explain things a little bit slower when you've had a few drinks and you, you know, but okay. Um, Accusing me but, of drinking on a work and, night. And, okay. And you demanded I remind you to discuss baseball headphones. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Good job, buddy. I forgot about that. Baseball headphones. So here's what I knew if you said that to me, it would spur this. Okay. So news came out this week after this terrible owner and league induced lockout. The commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, sent every player a pair of Bose headphones. Okay, so let's do this math quickly, and you're going to think this is going to be hard math to do, but it's not. There's 30 teams, 25 players a team. So what's 30 times 25? That's easy. What's 3 times 25 is 75, correct? Sweet. Add the zero, it's 750. Okay, 750 total players. Let's say the headphones were 1000 bucks each, which okay. they're not. So then it'd be $750,000. They're half that. They're 500 bucks each at most. So what's half, half of 750000 $375,000. That's A, a good way to do quick math, America. You're welcome. So B, it is a total, at most, the nicest Bose headphones with the most expensive shipping and packaging, all of it. It's three hundred and seventy-five dollars total. I was like, hey, sorry we squeezed you out of 
you know, hundreds of millions of dollars at the negotiating table. And this, the reason I want to talk about it is, and this is a lesson for everyone, there are times when giving a gift is more insulting than not giving anything at all if the gift in and of itself is insulting. So you've got, you were invited to a wedding and you didn't go and you're like, ah, we should send a gift. Maybe, but if you're going to send the cheapest item that's left on their registry, you're going to send the spatula six pack, skip it entirely. There are, I, I'll give you an example from, from me. I one time was, I think, far and away, not I think, I know, the most valuable and important and profitable employee at the radio station in Kansas City. And one day I was working on my birthday. Boss calls me into his office after and he's like, hey, Nick, happy birthday. I'm like, oh, thanks. And he's like, hey, this is just, you know, this is from the company. Thank you. I was like, oh, that's super nice of you guys. Wow, thanks. I went home and I opened the envelope and it was $25 in credit to Dave and Buster. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, first of all, I know for a fact they're a sponsor. So you have a drawer full of these. Second of all, it's 25 bucks, man. Like, give me nothing. <laughs> Act like you forgot it. Like, don't give me 25 Dave and Buster's bucks as a birthday present. Man's waited hey, to open that. Hey, I, got I, yeah, I did. I waited until I got home. I'm like, oh man, finally. This hard work is paying off. They're finally respecting me around oh, here. Gosh. And it was 25 Dave and Buster's bucks. It's like, okay, you know what? You guys. That's what I, honestly, I was like, you know what? I'm out. And if I'm a major league baseball player and I had to worry about, am I getting paid this year? And what they send me are headphones that undoubtedly Bose gave them because they're a sponsor of the league. I think I'd rather have gotten them. That's today's show.